once again to the Court of Nerds. Listen, sometimes life gets ahead of you and life gets away from you, and we wait a year and a half before we record again, but that's okay. Now that we've all been vaccinated, we're kind of all on the road to being able to see each other, being able to hug each other, and being able to potentially lick each other's faces. But I am joined by my two intrepid explorers, Kevin Carley and Grant Stoy. How are you both? It's great to see you. They can't see me wave. Oh, it's a visual medium. So as has long been discussed on this podcast, this is a visual medium, of course. Exactly. Uh, So how have y'all been uh, been handling the quarantine time? I know that's a loaded question. (laughs) As best can be expected, one would say. I'm looking forward to the day where I can actually see the two of you in person again. So, yeah, we're all double dose daddies now. Yeah, it's true. Which uh, if you if you don't mind this being in the world, what uh, what vaccine did you all get? I got Pfizer. The Pfizer. I got it's, it's amazing that you live so close to Boston and you got a German vaccine where I got Moderna and I got the good old American Massachusetts vaccine. I also got Moderna uh, and it kicked my ass for three days. Really? Yeah, I was I could not do anything. I was um, I was in and out of consciousness for an entirety of about uh, 48 to 72 hours. I was uh, in and out of consciousness. Like I my so my first dose was, of course, just like the sore arm, which it wasn't. It it was when I say sore, it was inconvenient. Like you kept doing you kept rotating your shoulder. And it's just like, because it was annoying. And then like when I got my second dose, like it was maybe 16 hours later, I started like, oh, I feel weird. And I started getting weird kind of like, oh, I got a headache. The headache's gone. I got a stomach ache. The stomach's gone. My entire body hurts. My body's fine. Like I went through all the symptoms of being sick in a period of like six hours. And then I was just like done. It's like, okay, you're fine. That's not bad. Grant, did you have any no. side effects? No. Uh, it's kind of like what Kevin said. Like, first one made my arm hurt and I got a little sleepy. Uh, second one, it made my arm hurt a whole bunch. And then I could, I was like, I couldn't decide between being hot or cold. Like that when your body is just sick and it's like, I don't know how I feel. Uh, so I had that and I got a little lightheaded, sleepy, but I slept for a long time one day. And then the next day it got better. And the next day it was gone. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, like I said, I uh, it, the, the the first shot, I just had like a sore arm. Second shot, I was uh, I had a lot of arm pain, but it wasn't that terrible. Um, but then I started like serious lef- uh, lethargy, like I was in and out of consciousness, could barely stay awake. Um, I ended up uh, the day after I fell asleep and I slept for about 12 hours and woke up and oh, felt nice. fantastic. So, wow. yeah, no, it was it was it wasn't so bad. Um, but during my uh, during my quarantine, I picked up, you know, streaming on Twitch. I got to playing a lot more video games and finishing a lot more video games than I thought ever thought I would. Um, what is that like? Oh, my God. It's amazing. <laughs> I love I was about to say I love not having kids, uh, which is the truth. But <laughs> but I have a dog, which is basically like having a child. So. <sighs> I just miss miss finishing video games in general. Oh, right. That's the well, now I actually have like a group of people that is cheering me on to finish those games. So it's it's not so bad. Um, One of the things that I know, uh, Grant, you started working on during quarantine, especially in the very beginning of the quarantine, uh, beginning like in the middle of March, when everything was locked down, you started 
a Kickstarter for SideQuest number one. Yeah, that was that was really inconvenient. Um, it was midway through that first campaign where everything went to lockout, lockdown and the apocalypse was happening. And we didn't know if we were going to make funding. And somehow we did. And it's really weird to like organize all of your worries, if that makes sense. Because you're like, on one hand, you know, the country is burning down. And the oligarchs are trying to control everything. And then also you're like, man, I, I really hope that we can make our comic book. And then <laughs> and compartmentalizing all these weird worries uh, just kind of happened. We, Grant, me and you, we, we went to college together. And I know in like writing like 101, they talk about write what you know. And I really feel like SideQuest was the embodiment of writing what you know. Could you could you go into that a bit? Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, without spoiling the, the end of SideQuest number one, it's basically following a middle-aged chubby guy during a quest campaign uh, to help blow off steam. And he has like wiseacre friends along with him that are all dealing with their own stuff too. And it's fun to go through some kind of adventure with your pals uh, to distract you from what is going on in your own lives. Yeah. We all kind of use dungeons and dragons and various fantasy mediums to kind of take our minds off of everything. And that really came through, I think, in, uh, in, in definitely in side quest number one was expanded on in, uh, in number two. You guys are uh, going to be starting a, uh, a Kickstarter for side quest number three here pretty soon. That is correct. Uh, on June 22nd, we're launching the third one. And it's going to be nice because we had some uh, money left over for number two that we could put towards finishing pages for number three. Uh, so by the time that this Kickstarter end, we'll have roughly uh, 12 pages finished and ready to go, which is usually nine pages more than we have typically at the end of a campaign. Mm -hmm. And Brenda turned in a really amazing cover design. Uh, we went with the she went with the color purple this time around. Ooh, okay. Which works really well with the image that uh, Laird made. So we're super stoked with the cover again. Yeah, and we feel really good about this script. And so, so Brenda, being Brenda Snell, you know, they're Grand Rapids local celebrity. You know, co-host uh, of any particular podcast that we know, uh, Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, which is a fantastic listen. And if you're not already listening to it, please go and do so because uh, Brenda and Austin are just awesome, awesome human beings. Yeah, it's super fun. And so who else is on your creative team? Uh, Alaire, who I mentioned before, Alaire Roscoe, is the line artist. Uh, her husband, Tobin, designed the SideQuest logo and is the letterer and designer. Martino Bonani lives in Italy, and she is just this incredible color artist. Like, her colors are professional grade, and it's weird that she hasn't been snapped up yet. Uh, she's also a really good illustrator in her own right, and she's doing a, she did a... Um, a pinup for the third issue that's going to be available uh, in the Kickstarter. And then the editor that kind of brings everything to in line is Stephanie Cook. And she has done a wonderful job of being patient with me as I learn how to do this stuff. And I can't thank her enough. You guys are really firing on all cylinders uh, with the with the art, with the story, uh, with the line art, with the colors. Everything is just from from top to bottom. The, the book is just incredible. Um, at least from what I've seen so far, just with the first two. So I'm really excited to see where it goes in uh, in the third one. There's one character I'm sure that isn't very excited to see where it goes. Are uh, you talking about our friend Graken, the wizard, dragonborn wizard fellow? 
I, I wasn't talking about him. No, I, w- I was talking about the two actual main characters. Uh, so the third issue is a one I've legitimately been nervous about since I started outlining this thing. Because it's where a lot of shit goes topsy-turvy. Mm-hmm. And it's going to deal a lot with depression and it's going to deal with identity. And it's going to be kind of heavy. And it's, it's weird to try and write that stuff when, you know, you have dealt with that it's stuff. You. It's yeah. you. Yeah. It's it's a lot heavier, I think, than the first two issues. So I'm personally still nervous about it. But with the team being amazing, uh, I shouldn't be as nervous because that's just what they do is they make my garbage better. Were there any like Dungeons and Dragons campaigns that you could say like point to <laughs> that were like, hey, this actually inspired this this aspect of it? Oh, yeah, we were we were part of a Dungeons and Dragons played through a campaign podcast called Reverse Centaur, which is actually available on our website. It is available on our website and also available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, So being able to goof around in real time with people on a quest uh, really helps to, I don't know, it it helped find rhythm in dialogue for for these books, which I, I found very helpful. You find that like your, your experience dungeon mastering helped with the outlining of the story at all? I think so. Uh, because at the time we are doing um, Reverse Centaur, just before that I had another group that I was DMing as well, and I actually used an island from that campaign as the setting for this book. So eventually, you know, if all things go well, and after five issues people want us to make more, we can tap a little bit into the mythos of the realm itself, which would be fun. But yeah, just writing DM or writing as a DM for campaigns, man, it's it really does help with your world building, uh, with plotting characters and all that stuff. And it's really, really helpful. And I'm assuming that there are a lot of Easter eggs for people who were fans of potentially other projects that you were involved in that could be (laughs) seen throughout SideQuest as well. Yeah, one of the cool things that uh, Alaire and I decided that we wanted to do is have people drawn into the books at a certain reward tier. For the first two books, there were two consistent people who always got the three tiers. And that's uh, our own Kevin Carley. Uh, my bud- <laughs> yeah, and uh, my buddy Craig uh, from Grand Rapids. And uh, another girl, a friend of Alaire's who I'm blanking on right now, but very kind and very generous. So we see them in the first two issues and, you know, depending on how quick they are to bid, we might see them in a third issue. <laughs> how exactly do you balance, like, the reward tiers to the, the product that you're actually going to be putting out? Like, how do, what goes into figuring out what you're going to create as a reward? Uh, I'm really simple when I'm making Kickstarters, and I found that the best well, way Well, you're to... really simple to begin with, so... <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm not complicated, very surface level. Um, with rewards, I feel like it's, I just want to keep it simple, stupid, and not have too many bells and whistles. So we did pinups, digital ketchup bundles and digital copies and like the, the big NPC reward tiers where you can be drawn into the book and finding a nice balance between how much one thing costs versus like how many units that we plan on selling. It's super goofy. And if I can be a little honest in the first one, I didn't factor in shipping very well. So I ended up just taking it right on the nose with most of the shipping in that. And then the second one, after having learned that, it kind of worked out a bit better. So hopefully with this one, 
we will again have learned what what we did wrong in the first two and just implement that into this current one as far as kickstarters go like you don't kickstart you don't support a project really expecting any you kickstart a project because you believe in the creator and you believe in their product and stuff like that and whatever you get is just secondary and so when you believe in somebody I know as crazy as it sounds as Grant, <laughs> you know, and you want him to produce things for all of us to enjoy. You don't care. You know, you, you just, you just help him out along the way. Exactly. Yeah. And that, yeah. I, I think one of the, the, the amazing things about the last year is that we have seen so many people that have been so generous and uh, have wanted to back more projects like this, smaller indie creators, because the future of comics is in indie creators. Um, I believe so, at least. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, the Kickstarter numbers for just over the past year are just insane in how many people have started backing those. A lot of it is in, in part because some publishers have found that they could almost take pre-sale numbers using Kickstarter, which a lot of people have various opinions on, uh, some positive, mm -hmm. some negative. But regardless, it's drawn a lot of eyes to the platform, and it's really nice because we don't have to deal with middlemen if you don't want to like you can take all the, the the shipping and packaging and promo stuff upon yourself and do it and in some instances with like with side quests it's pretty straightforward and pretty easy uh and in other instances someone who may or may not have had a, a 16 grand funded horror anthology slowly dawns on them that he has to put all this stuff together and mail it all out and it's going to be horrible i think you're like referencing some book called yule yeah, yeah, that yeah. was an anthology I did, and it got funded, and I didn't anticipate so many people wanting to do it, and I will never bemoan having a lot of people throw money at me and wanting to read the stuff, but maybe I should have thought a little bit more ahead of time <laughs> as to who could help me get these things ready. What is one thing that you are, um, that you've worked on in SideQuest, for SideQuest number three, Something that you've learned from the first two that you're hoping to apply to the third one? Uh, I think that I found a way to, to bounce between scenes a little bit better. And uh, I like the cold opening of number two, so we did another cold opening for number three. And I feel like it, everything is either a callback or like a seed planted for something down the line, which I, I'm pretty stoked about. Like, uh, I just finished the first draft, issue number four, and there's a lot of callbacks I get to. Like, like, ha-ha, this thing that was hinted at. Did, do you remember? So we're just pretty stoked. And with three, I think I'm pretty happy with how it turns out and how all the things that we teased at come to pass. So if all works out well, will there be a side quest number four? Uh, absolutely. There are irons in the fire that are keeping us motivated to keep going through the first arc of this series, and we really want to see it through. About how many do you think are going to be in this arc? If you don't mind me asking, if you can say. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, this one's going to be five issues. Okay. So once we get this one done, we'll be over halfway, and hopefully by the time the issue three is shipped out, we'll have a good enough uh, jump into issue four where we can get that one uh, turn around pretty quick as well. We're hoping to get that done in the fall. Excellent. All right, cool. And everybody can find more information on SideQuest. Is there a website they can go to to find out more? Well, right now we have the SideQuest pre-launch page is ready. And that is bit.ly backslash sq3 pre-launch. From there, you can probably check out the, the previous two books. But man, 
Hearing you say that, I think I'm going to make some uh, slot on my website that kind of talks a little bit more about it. So speaking of your website, you happen to release a list of things that <laughs> you think were pretty fantastic over the course of the last year. Because, you know, we've been we've been stuck in uh, in whatever this is for the last year or so. Uh, we've also it feels like been in the middle of. Uh, uh, awards season for about six months now. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about the grantees. How did this get started? And uh, how did you end up going through like your, your grading rubrics for each of these? <laughs> uh, well, the, the grantees initially started because I was dissatisfied with the Eisner nominations uh, because out of 40 something categories, I think it was only four women got nominated and only two people uh, who are non-binary using like they, them pronouns. It just really underrepresented the overall comics, like all the stuff that came out in the last year. Uh, probably the most egregious snub was Rom V, who had written like the Swamp Thing and These Savage Shores and the Main Deaths of Layla Star. He's arguably the best writer going right now. He didn't even get a, recommend, uh, a nomination. So with that in mind, I kind of just made a list of all the different categories I was interested in of all the different books that I bought in the past year. And I feel like that's a really good testament to like how good something is. Because in the last year, everyone's been out of work for so long and money's been hard to get. And what better recognition of something's quality than you spending your own money on it? So I, I just made this big old list of stuff that I like. And the reception was goofy and better than I would have hoped because the awards were named after me and had my face on the, the reward JPEG. I think one of the most amazing things about that is the fact that people were responding to it on Twitter <laughs> and uh, were saying, yeah, hey, can I get my JPEG, please? <laughs> it's, so, it's so dumb. It's a stock photo of an award with my face on it. <laughs> <laughs> But it made people happy, and it made me happy that, I don't know, that I got to say, like, these these are the people whose work I enjoyed. And I feel like everyone needs some public recognition for that. I don't know, maybe I'll do it again next year. It seemed to have gone pretty well. Yeah. I think you should do it again in, like, two weeks. Maybe we should do it <laughs> quarterly, and that should, that will kickstart all of the indie creators to start creating even better and better content. And then they'll end up getting featured in more and more grantees. This is how the cycle goes. Grantee awards. (laughs) The the top awards for the industry. What was another uh, creator from the grantees that you thought was just egregiously overlooked by the Eisners? Oh my gosh. Uh, I know Vita Ayala is incredible. They've been writing uh, New Mutants and Children of the Atom for Marvel. And the fact that they didn't get a knob was just stupid. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm actually looking up the grantees right now on my website, grantstoy.com. Oh, and James Tinian, I think he got a nod for best writer because everything he has touched so far has been golden. Uh, personally, I thought Cy Spurrier, who did my favorite series of the year, uh, Hellblazer, got super snubbed because he's incredible. Um, and another person whose work I greatly enjoyed over the past year is Rebecca Isaacs, who did Reaver with Justin Jordan and Money Shot with Tim Seeley and Sarah Beatty. Like, she is the best facial acting artist I've seen in years. But she's dumb, and it wasn't fair to have them be overlooked for people who just worked at Big Two Books. The comics industry is so much bigger now today than it has ever been. Um, Absolutely. We've got, you know, yeah, we've got the Big Two, but, you know, Image Comics has really shown that a lot of independent creators can really 
show their stuff and actually shine. And now that we have things like GoFundMe, things like Kickstarter, we can actually start seeing some of these indie creators show what they can do and make better stories and more diverse stories. And it's really neat because uh, some of the smaller publishers are paying attention to Kickstarter books and they will reach out to the, the creators and like work with them to get a book out. Uh, I know Mad Cave and Scout have been doing stuff like that, which is very cool to see. And I think I want to say that Image is keeping tabs on that, too. But they're, they have just such a huge catalog. It's got to be tough to try and focus on something like Kickstarter. Being able to make the books you want to make is very good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Telling the stories that you want to tell. And I'm really excited to see where uh, where SideQuest goes, and I'd like to see it become the main quest. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that stuck in my head, though, that, that it is, it's called SideQuest, so I'm, I'm wondering where, like, the main story is going to start picking up and where it's going to go and, like, how, how big is this going to go? Well, that's, that's where you think, like, which, which aspect of Derek is the side quest? Right. Yeah. Oh man, that's super deep. Without spoiling anything, yeah, it is very deep. <laughs> uh, well, you can find out more information about side quest, and you can also see all of the grantees at grantstoy.com. Uh, and I'm assuming that there will be more updates to SideQuest as we get closer and closer to kickstarting Kickstarter time, which would which is going to be what do you know when it's going to launch? I, I believe you yes. said so, but I just want to make sure um, it's going to launch on June 22nd. It's a Tuesday, and I think we're shooting for either 9 a.m. Eastern time or uh, 10 a.m. So it, if it has already launched by the time that you hear this, uh, you can find information on that at grantstoy.com. All right, Kevin, do you have anything else? Hold on, let me drag on my Nerf dart. This is a visual ah. medium, so <laughs> the things that Kevin has been doing, he's, he's had his shirt off at one point, he was doing jumping jacks, and now he's, he's smoking out of a Nerf dart. Do you want to plug any more of Yule while we're, while we're at it? While we're oh, yeah. Close? Uh, we have about two stories finalizing. Uh, in Yule, so hopefully we'll be able to get those finished within a couple weeks. Then we have to have the, the lettering pass finished, uh, have the book arranged, get a sample copy back. And then if the sample copy looks good, we should have things printed by mid-July, if not early July. Then have them all out uh, by mid or late July. So give us the elevator pitch of Yule. What is Yule and where can people find it? This is a collection of short horror stories based off of pre-commercialized Christmas Winter Solstice Yule Folklore. Uh, and it's by a wider range of creators. Uh, and they all just knocked it out of the park. It exceeded my expectations by far. And as soon as we get it out to Kickstarter backers, then we'll be putting it up on my Gumroad site and Comicsology, And we'll make it probably available for like physical copies as well. Pre-orders on uh, Gumroad. Uh, and so hopefully if everyone digs it, we can sell somewhere when the holidays actually roll around. It is sexy, right? The story that I did with uh, Alex Schlitz was incredible. It is, it is spicy. Um, <laughs> so, so, so not for the prudish or the... I was going to say, under... I saw a couple of those pages and I was thinking in my head, this is not something that I want to I read with my dog present, who is my child, <laughs> so... Alex is extremely talented. We'll say that. <laughs> uh, and I realized that Michigan folks could get their physical copies of Yule at Tardy's Collector's Corner. And I know we'll have some at Vault of Midnight's Grand Rapids, maybe Vault of Midnight Detroit. 
so be on the lookout for copies there. And then, of course, be on the lookout for Grant to, you know, do a celebrity, you know, signing at said locations whenever he finds himself back in the Midwest. Gavin has uh, has given me a standing invitation to do a signing at Tardy someday, and uh, I get a little misty thinking about it because that would be like the culmination of a lot of wishful thoughts and stuff. If you happen to be in the Grand Rapids area as well, you can find more information on Tardies at tardies.com. Oh, absolutely. And they deserve all the plugs because they have one of the best back catalogs like in the state. Oh, 100%. You know, you walk into that store and you just know <laughs> Gavin and D no comics. <laughs> yes, thankfully. And, and they're not those, they're, you know, the, the, the other thing that I love about them too is that they are not the kind of people that will talk down to you about whatever you find in their store, that you find mm. it, they will have a full-on 45-minute conversation with you about that comic and also five others that are similar oh, to yeah. it that you will also enjoy. It, it's not even trying to upsell, it's just, hey, you like that one, the other ones that are really good along that vein are this, 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 and this. And also, if you if you like collector's stuff, they've got stuff there, too. It's 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 a, an amazing comic book shop. Full disclosure, they have uh, <laughs> they have supported this podcast in the past, but that's not that's not the reason why I plug them. I plug them because they're just both awesome people and their their business is amazing. So absolutely. Can you got anything else up your sleeve besides uh, wristbands? I, I, the wristbands are off. <gasps> I know. That's how you know uh, things get serious is when he takes the wristbands off. <laughs> he just took his pants off. Oh my, and his sweatband <laughs> off his head? Oh my, this is getting spicy. I didn't know this was going to be this kind of cast. I, hey man, it's it's the summer, my kid's out of school now, and I'm sure he's going to be up at 6 in the morning. Uh, Kevin, what do you got going on? If you want to find the best minis and stuff uh that you can buy go to forgeworld.com.uk and you can find some of the highest detailed 40k and 30k figurines that money can buy and my god can they buy it right now but because i am a masochist i am also doing gundam figures so Gunpla, oh. really? Yeah. All so right. So if if anybody wants to hire me, you know, I'm oh buddy, I'm in the works. I also do some uh, uh, some Full Metal Panic shit right now. But anyway, that's this isn't about me. This is about Grant. So this should all be cut from the final cast. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> we are known to meander. And we are also a, uh, we are a, uh, a collective. We are a collective of like-minded individuals. So where we plug one, we plug all. Grant, do you have any other things that you would like to plug uh, before we finish? Uh, aside from SideQuest 3, I know there's a bunch of other really cool Kickstarters available. If you want to see maybe me retweet other various campaigns, I know one is called Fogline by Andy Michael and Mario Candelario. It's going to be really good. It's a noir based off of, like, uh, say someone murdered someone accidentally, and 40 years later, a true crime podcast covers that murder. What happens next? Uh, Why? Yeah, it's essentially Fogline. So do back that one. Uh, You can also find me on Twitter tweeting about Kickstarters and comics at at Grant and Stuff, which is all just one word. 
uh, because I felt like that was the most encompassing use of a Twitter handle. It is indeed a good one. Uh, mine is at cafe underscore three G because you know with Corda nerds, it's we've got to keep the underscores in there somewhere at some point. Um, and if you want to follow me on uh, on Twitter, you can do that. You can also follow me on uh, Twitch and TikTok and uh, Instagram at that handle as well. You can follow Kevin at Quizat, which is K-W-I-Z-A-T, I believe. That's off the yep. top of my head. Look at that. I did so well. You nice. did it. I know. I think I aced this quiz. A, a Dune I, reference, I, like right off the top. I know. It's, it's fabulous. And you can find out more information about Court of Nerds and all of the silly things that we think are entertaining online at thecourtofnerds.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you next time. This podcast was produced by me, Greg Aronica. And the music was provided by Sledge and Son. <laughs>